Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I am your host Jamie and I am so excited that you're here Every week I invite a girlfriend to join me on the show and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. You're listening to episode number 58 and today's guest is Jaleesa McCreary. Jaleesa is a worship leader at the Austin Stone Community Church here in Austin, Texas, and she's been leading worship since 2011 and focuses on the development and discipleship of female worship leaders through the Austin Stone Worship Program. Today, Jaleesa and I chat about what it's like to be a single girl in the church these days, and she has some great words for us married people. So if you're married, listen, and if you're single, I know you're going to be nodding your head along with her. She's a great story of how she lost her voice and then became a worship leader. And we talk a lot about the upcoming album, This Glorious Grace from Austin Snow Worship, where she leads on two of the songs. Today's show is sponsored by the She's Brave Conference. Nourish is a growing community of women interested in having a safe place where they are free to be open, real, and raw about life. We're excited to announce the She's Brave Conference, which will be held March 4th through 6th of 2016 in beautiful Uptown Charlotte, North Carolina. The weekend will include amazing speakers like New York Times bestselling author Glennon Doyle Melton, a swag bag full of goodies, and time to reflect and learn how to create beauty out of difficult experiences, hardship, and pain. We invite you to join us in this amazing event and offering a 15% discount with the code HAPPYHOUR. Please find more information on their website, www.nourishclt.com. I'll also have a link for that on my website, jamieivy.com, if that helps you out. Guys, you're going to enjoy this conversation with my friend Jalisa, and be sure and listen at the end because I'm going to let you hear how you can get a free download of a song, and I might just play a little bit of the song for you to kind of wet your taste buds for the new music coming out from Austin Stone Worship. Here's Jalisa. Um, hey, Jalisa, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Um, it's always fun when I have real life friends. Real life in front of you. In front of me. Yeah, you're sitting in front of me, which <laughs> yeah. is a rare thing as well. Doesn't so happen often. thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, tell everyone who's listening, who is Jaleesa? Who is Jaleesa? Jaleesa? Which your name, by the way, could be like Beyonce, Madonna, <laughs> you know, like the one word, Prince. It's a Just one word one. name. Just Jaleesa. That would look kind of cool. Jaleesa. Jaleesa McCreary. Yeah, like drop it all. Letters. Jaleesa. Forget it. Forget the who's last Jaleesa? name. Jaleesa? Um, Jaleesa, I am, like, what do I do? Who are you? Who am I? I am a worship leader at Austin Stone. I am a 27-year-old girl. I live one street over from you. you I do. don't know. What uh-huh. do you want to know about yeah. me? How many people do you live with? Just one. Just but one. I live in a back house, and the front house is, like, six dudes, all musicians. Do you feel protected with I six do. dudes in front of you? I do feel protected. Okay. And it's fun. It's like a family. We try to eat dinner together pretty often. So really? Who fun. cooks? Well, we all kind of take a piece of the meal. Okay. And so everybody brings it's a potluck together. Yeah, a potluck between the two houses. I like it's potlucks. Fun. Yeah. So 27-year-old single girl living in Austin. Yes. Worship leader of the Austin Stone. Yes. I like your life. Hey, thanks. I do too. Do you feel you have a good community with single people? And yeah. I'm, I'm only asking about this because I know that being single, you must be like, I hate talking about this. 
I hear that from I told my roommate, I was like, Jamie might ask me about being single. I don't know what I'm going to tell her. (laughs) Well, I hate that being like, hey, it's kind of like, I love talking about adoption. Yeah. But I get asked about it a lot. Yeah. Okay, so that might be your thing. You might get asked about being single a lot. Yeah. But I have a lot of listeners who have said, we want more single women on the show. Well, look at that. I know. And so that's why I want to ask you about it. Because there are people listening that are like, everybody you have on is married and Mm -hmm. wrote a book and did this. Yeah. And you're single. That's true. And you've told me that you see it as a blessing sometimes. I do see it Tell as a blessing me why. a lot of the times. I think especially in this season of life with all the things the Lord keeps throwing at me and allowing me to be a part of, I just can't imagine how I would have the space or time to do any of those things if I had the commitment of a husband or commitment to kiddos or something like that. Just don't think it would really work as well. And think it changes for different seasons. You know, mm-hmm. you're not less busy now that you're married and have kids. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's the same. It just looks different in different seasons. But I think it's really special because like when you're reading and Paul's talking about having an undivided heart, at first you're like, that's silly. That doesn't actually sound like it makes any sense. But then you're living in it and you're walking in it and it is really sweet. It's just a special season to be able to really focus on who Jesus is, what he has for you. And then just the opportunities that come with it. There's just a lot more time for them, I think. So that sounds really good. Yeah, I like it. Is it ever really hard? Sometimes it's hard, yeah. I think I always am like, When is it hard? When I think sometimes if I'm like in a place where it's all married people, I don't think about it until all the married people start pointing out that I'm single. And what do you mean? Like purposefully or like, oh, hey, Jaleesa, let's set you up? Or it just (laughs) is like, or just the conversation just turns to married people things. I don't mind talking about married people things. I think it's fun. I don't know anything about that because I'm not married, mm-hmm. so I like hearing about it. I think it's fun to talk about. Yeah. I think when it's like the setting up, I'm always kind of like, oh, yeah. But what do you mean when you said, I don't think about it until they <laughs> point it out? Like, what does that mean? Because if my friends are married, I'm just hanging out with my friends. But then when they're like, oh, we know someone that you should hang out with, I'm like, no. Or if they're like, are you, how is everything? Are you okay? I'm uh-huh. like, it's not the worst <laughs> thing in the world. I'm fine. You know, you know, I've been, I heard someone talk about this recently. And they were talking about marriage and how it was, I think it was at that ERLC conference where Mm -hmm. you at our church and we did that. Mm -hmm. Someone spoke about marriage and I don't know who it is, so I can't give them credit, but they talked about how as a church, we have elevated marriage to be the end all. Like once you get married, this is the best thing that could happen to you. Mm -hmm. This is the best thing you could do. You've made it. Yeah. And that's just not true. It is. Yeah, absolutely. So we have created this environment in churches in particular, I'm talking about as a church environment. We've created this environment of... You got you when you get married, you've made it. Yeah. And when you get married, things are easy. Isn't that so interesting? And when you get married, you can start ministry. Yeah. And that's so not true. I just don't understand what could be easier and perfected about taking on another human being. Right. Here. It just yeah. doesn't. So do you feel as other churches set that up for you? The church as a whole. I'm not talking yeah. like I would say the church as a whole for sure. It's it is elevated. It is and it is kind of like I always say like thirteen year old Jaleesa is like so upset at our life now because at twenty seven What'd you think? I thought, Oh, I'll be married by twenty three uh-huh. and I'll have kids Couple and it's kids. Be so great. Uh-huh. Now I'm twenty seven and none of those things are happening, uh-huh. but the life God has given me is wonderful and great. But I think younger me wouldn't have thought so, but I think growing up in church, you just see that elevated a lot yeah. more. Like the end goal is to get married and you have made it when you are married and ministry sweeter when you are married and all of those things. It's just not true. It's not true. Uh-uh. So what can, what do you as a single woman serving God, mm-hmm. doing ministry in the church, what do you want to say to married women? Oh, that's such a good question. What do I want to say to married women? 
Uh, I would say don't necessarily approach singleness with your single friends as if it's like some kind of disease. Like, like we need to fix it. Yeah. It's not like, oh, why aren't you married? It's like, I, that's up to God. I don't know why I'm not married, but it's not a big deal, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think approaching it in a way of seeing it as, as much of a blessing as it is rather than it's like something that needs to be remedied, yeah. mm -hmm. I think. Like, let me help you. Yeah. I know how to fix this problem. Right. I need a man. Yeah. But why is it a problem if right. it's what God has for me? So true. You know? It's not a problem. It's not. Yeah. I think that's a good word for many people is to not look at single people as though they have a problem that yeah. needs to be fixed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. You know? Because marriage is hard. Right. I mean, like, I love being married and I have mm -hmm. a great husband, but marriage is hard. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. I, you know what I love about the stone as well and maybe just the community that we live in? I feel as though I'm surrounded by a lot of younger single girls. Yeah. And they do a lot for me. Yeah. Like, I feel like the old person in the group, you know, because I'm 10 years older than you and a lot of your friends and yeah. the people that you hang out with. But it's still, it's life-giving. Yeah. For both people, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. I think there's something really special. I, sometimes you see in church, people want to separate their communities, like, oh, we're a married community, oh, we're a single community. Like you have a married department yeah. and then a young living. Yeah. What do you call that? What, do you, what would you call Not young know. living. Like um, college. College. And then there's another. There's, then there's college. Like young professionals. And then there's a place where you go when you're not married. Yes. But you're still. Which is like this awkward in between. It is. It's like the purgatory <laughs> in church. It's like, you're not single in college and you're not married. Yeah. yeah. So we have to do something with you. Uh -huh. But there's something really sweet to seeing those communities come together. Yeah. I feel like I learn a lot about parenting and about marriage from being around like you and Aaron and other people in our community who are married and who are doing that. And then I'm walking with friends now that are just now getting married, mm -hmm. you know. So it's fun to kind of see it in all stages. Yeah. Have you been to any weddings lately? To any weddings or in any weddings? Have you been in any weddings lately? I haven't lately? been in any weddings lately. Okay. No, it's so been a while. Are you going to be in any coming up? I'm not in a wedding coming up, so I have a really good friend that's getting married, uh -huh. but they're not having like a bridal party. It's not going to be quite like that, uh -huh. but it's like whoever would be in our wedding party if we were to have one is who's invited to our ceremony. Oh, well, that's so fun. So I it's going to gonna be small? It's going to be small, and then I get to help with like food and those different things, which to me is more fun okay. than buying a dress and just standing there. I have a dress in my closet. I have a couple from Bridesmaids. Oh, Yeah. I can't get rid of them. I'm like, I just don't know what to do with them. I don't know what to do with them. I have one that I got dry cleaned and I swear I was going to like cut it off and make it a little shorter. Yeah. No, never, never going to wear it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I had one, a friend that had me in a wedding a few years ago and she was like, pick whatever dress you want. I like that. I want everybody to wear whatever they want it. But then like fast forward a few months and she was like, that's it. Everybody's wearing the dress I picked. Like she just got really <laughs> fed up with it. Because she got stressed. Yeah. And then I ended up being the maid of honor and ended up wearing this um, floor length fuchsia dress. And so people will always ask me about the wedding with the fuchsia dress. Because you're they, not going to be bringing that out anytime no way. soon. I think there's like chocolate on it. It's like for real sure. Weird. It's busted up. It's like ripped apart. Uh, yeah. But it's you know, did I, uh, my wedding dress got sold um, unbeknownst to me. We had, this sounds so weird. And this what? sounds like, this sounds like irresponsible people stuff. We had a storage unit that we forgot about, uh -huh. which hello, American excessiveness <laughs> that you have a storage unit that you, you forget, forget about. about. <laughs> what the heck? And so... Um, We'd moved a couple times, and then finally they found us, and they're like, "Hey, you didn't pay your bill for this long because we forgot <laughs> we didn't about know it. You had it. Yeah, yeah, we didn't know we had it." And my wedding dress was in there. Oh no! I know, along with like some recording equipment and some stuff we were going to take to hate. Like it was just <sighs> this like little. Me Anyhow, that's where my wedding dress was. Was it sad though? Was it hard? No, to it wasn't know that sad it was at gone? all. It wasn't no, a big deal. I didn't care. Was buying your dress a big deal? Um, you know, okay. So I'll tell you this: 
Did you know that I was engaged before Aaron and I? Yes. Okay, so I was engaged um, previous to Aaron and I dating mm-hmm. and broke off that engagement, but I had already bought a dress. Oh. Okay? Yeah. So I was that far along in the process. I had already bought a dress, and so I loved this dress. Yeah. It was a beautiful dress. And so when Aaron and I got engaged, I was like, score, I already have I a, dress. a dress. Yeah. This is easy. And so I even told Aaron I already had this dress. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big deal. And then a couple weeks later, he was like, I think I'd really rather you get a new dress. And I was like, what? I love this dress. What's the big deal? Right. He's like, yeah, but you bought it to marry someone else. And I was like, oh, that bothers you? Is that like, weird? I know. I was like, I just love the dress. Right. It wasn't, it, to me, it didn't go along with, with, this, the person. with this person. Yeah. Because the dress is for the girl. Right. I mean, oh, let's be for honest. for sure. Yeah. No one else cares. So um, I ended up selling that dress mm-hmm. and got a new dress, which looking back, I'm like, I think that was a good idea. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like. It'd be like if you got married, maybe not the same, but you got married and then divorced and then you just wore your wedding dress to marry someone else. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the same, but not the still. Same, but similar. Aaron was like, I think I would just feel better if you bought a dress for our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I give you that one. I guess it's valid. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was the, that was a wedding dress That's stuff. Fantastic. Okay, Julie, so you're a worship leader. Yeah. With Austin Stone, mm-hmm. which if you're a new listener or you don't know. My husband is the worship pastor at the Austin Stone. That's true. And so Aaron's kind of your boss. Pretty much, yeah. Cool boss. Cool, really cool boss. I know. Yeah. It's a good boss to have. So last week, y'all took a worship leader retreat. Oh, we did. How many people were on this trip? There are 14 of us. 14, yes. and you were the only girl. <laughs> I was the only girl. <laughs> how was it? Because I was worried, and I texted Aaron a few times and asked how you were doing. Yeah, thank you. And I thought he should have brought me along. Right. You could have been my roommate. Yeah. But anyhow, how was it being? How is it being... I guess my question is not much about the retreat as mm-hmm. much as what is it like to be on staff with 14, 14 people <laughs> yeah. and you're the only girl? Yeah. What is that like? I love it. Okay. I think, so growing up, I always wanted to have an older brother. I wanted one so bad, but I'm the oldest, so that never happened. And um, so it's just cool the way the Lord's like, hey, I heard you, and here you go. Now you get a million and one uh-huh. older brothers. Yeah. I love it. I think... For two reasons. One, they're a bunch of dudes. So the things that girls normally sit around and talk about and stress out about, those things just aren't super present. And that's kind of refreshing. It's super refreshing. And I've even seen just in my own heart, I'm just like, I go to work and I'm not really comparing myself to people and I'm not really concerned about what I'm wearing. And I'm like, oh yeah, all the guys I work with are married. I don't care. Like I, Uh I love that. And I'm praying for more of that in my mm-hmm. life outside of our staff. Yeah. But um, I think that's been a really sweet gift. And then I think that they just are, they try really hard to be loving and encouraging <laughs> to the best of their ability and they kill it. They're awesome. Um, and I think what I loved so much about our retreat was like, everybody's just doing whatever they want, but there wasn't necessarily any of this like, oh, we have to always be together the uh-huh. whole time. You have to be doing what we're doing. It was kind of, everybody had freedom. But I think also because I'm the only girl, it was like, you definitely do whatever you need to do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like wherever you need to be. So I sat on the porch and read a book and they fished. What'd you, what'd you read? Bossy Pants. Oh, love it. Love it. Aaron told me y'all had read it. Did you laugh out loud? I cracked up. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they would walk by and be like, oh, something funny. Uh Because I'd just be on the porch by myself cracking up. Because it's Tina Fey. Yeah, she's hilarious. And she always cracks you up. Absolutely. And I just finished watching all 30 Rock, and so I loved reading the book. Have you read any Mindy Kaling's books? I haven't, but I really want to. Okay, I read, I talked about it with a girlfriend the other week. I read the first one last summer, and it was good. And they told me that her next, the, her one that just mm-hmm. came out is even better. Really? So I'm going to check it out. I want to read it. I like her. Mm-hmm. I, I do, too. Funny. I do, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Jaleesa. Yeah. 
leading worship. Mm-hmm. Has, is this something that you always grew up thinking? Have you always sang? And like, did you always yeah. want to? Did you always want to use your voice? What did that look like for you growing up? Yeah, I always sang. I loved. It started with me watching a lot of Disney movies. And then whenever we would have family get-togethers, I would force my family members to sit down and listen to me sing these songs that I had learned. What's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, Beauty and the Beast. I love it so much. The music is fantastic. Okay, the music? The music is so good. And I think I just love the story. Yeah. We all love that story. I mean, who wouldn't? It's like, oh, beastly guy, Uh and I tamed him. Yes. (laughs) We didn't love that. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) So true. Mm -hmm. So love it. And I think it was that movie, my dad had taken me to the theater to see it. And he says it's the first movie he ever took me to see in the theater. So it's super special. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it. and would make people listen to me sing these songs all the time. And if you ask my mom, she'll tell you I was a terrible singer. Really? She's always like, oh, poor baby. You had such a bad voice. Like, <laughs> But you tried so hard. I tried so hard. <laughs> and my dad will always go, no, her voice was beautiful always. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and so it started with that. And they realized that I loved it. And so they were like, we need to find an outlet for this. And so put me in choir, because that's kind of all there is to do if you sing in Texas. And so put me in choir. And then that turned into some voice voice teachers just being really sweet and saying, hey, I want to get to know you a little bit. And I really think that you could do something with this gift that you have. So let's like do something one-on-one and, mm-hmm. and see what we think. And so I started doing voice lessons pretty young. I mean, I was in middle school, started doing that. And I just thought it was fun. It was my like, so you could sing. I could sing. Your mom was wrong. Who even knows okay. what she was saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe I was terrible. I don't know. But, but your voice people are like, hey, we yeah. see something here. They, Yeah. They okay. saw some kind of potential and wanted to do something with it. Okay. Um, and so that, I mean, I was just really consumed with that. I loved doing it. I cared more about choir and working on individual pieces for like solo and ensemble competitions than I ever did about any of my other okay. classes uh-huh. at all. So. Yeah. Yeah, but being a worship leader isn't something that I ever wanted to do. There were different points in my life where my parents would be like, hey, have you ever thought about leading worship? And I was like, that sounds like, that's so lame. Are you kidding? Like, I want to be Celine Dion. That's what I was going to ask. Is it because you wanted to be the the singer, the oh, yeah. spotlight? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was younger, I for sure was like, I want to have backup dancers uh-huh. and go on tour, and it's going to be awesome. Jaleesa. Oh, just the one just name. Just the one name. Jaleesa. Yeah. And I thought it would be so incredible, and I was obsessed with, like, Celine Dion and Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and Mariah Carey, and yeah. I just wanted to be doing what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, who um, wouldn't? Well, hello. Right, my the gosh. Life, yeah. They're the top. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I really wanted to do that, and so every once in a while, someone would say, maybe I should do that. And I did church choir and that sort of thing, but I grew up Southern Baptist, so it didn't really look anything like what I do now there weren't yeah. really bands uh-huh. it was like brass section uh-huh. and people in the choir and Background special music track, yeah. and yeah, yeah for sure so that with that being the only type of church music I had any experience with I was like I don't want to do that yeah. like that's not for me uh-huh. I don't think um wasn't really interested in it and so leading worship is just something that the Lord completely made happen in a way that I didn't think that he would make it happen yeah. um do you feel do you feel mm-hmm. pressure in leading worship. And what I mean by that is I always tell everybody that like, I think it's, it's a great honor for me to be Aaron's wife because I get to see like, um, I I don't take that lightly that my husband stands up in front of thousands of people and leads us in worship Mm -hmm. each Sunday. Like that's huge. Like that people, if you go to a church and you're worship leader, like they have a huge responsibility. For sure. I mean, a lot. Like, do you feel that pressure of, God has put me in this position and I'm in front of all of these Mm -hmm. people and 
not that you're responsible for leading them to the throne yeah. because let's take that pressure off of you. For sure. But in a way, yeah. you are responsible for that. Sure. You know, yeah. the way I worship is not dependent on the leader. Absolutely. It's between me and God. Yeah. So hear me say that. Yeah. But there is a responsibility that shouldn't be taken lightly when you step on a stage yeah, to lead definitely. people in worship. Do you feel that responsibility? I do. I do feel that weight. Not necessarily like like you're saying not feeling the pressure of I'm responsible for leading anybody. I mean, the spirit shows up and does what he does and thank the Lord for that. Mm -hmm. But I do feel that responsibility of as a leader that God has appointed to something, knowing that the Lord really cares about my life before those people mm -hmm. and my prayer life for mm -hmm. those people and just kind of feeling the responsibility of needing to be an accountable leader yeah. to all of those people. Because it's one thing just to show up on a Sunday and sing some songs and mm -hmm. like, that's fine and great. And the spirit will still show up and sure. do what he does. And it can be remarkable, uh -huh. but if it's different to show up and to lead people having prayed for them or meeting with them individually and knowing what's going mm -hmm. on in their lives and just not taking it lightly that people that come into that room, I mean, they might not even have opened their Bible that week, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's just kind of the room is filled with thousands mm -hmm. of people and you don't know what they've brought right. in. And so yeah. you have a responsibility to be pleading on their behalf. Mm -hmm. And I just really want to take yeah. that seriously. It is. And I value, I value hearing you say that because I get to see a backstage yeah. like, with Aaron and yeah. I see that he does take that seriously. I feel that when I am invited to teach at someone's church to mm. their women, mm -hmm. I'm like, anytime someone invites me to stand in front of their people yeah. and open up God's word and yeah. talk about it, huge, huge pressure. Yeah. And I don't mean pressure as in like, um, I'm, um, pressured or nervous right. or I, I'm worried about that they're going to do a good job. Mm -hmm. I feel the pressure of like, I get to open up God's word with yeah. you and you church people, you trust me right. to do this. Yes. So I have a responsibility to mm -hmm. these women. Yeah. Um, and so I understand that yeah, you from do. this yeah. side of point that you don't just get up on a stage yeah. half-heartedly. No way. Okay. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. 
I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, so Julissa, I, let's talk about the new album. Yes. So... The Austin Stone Community Church, which is where we both go to church. Mm-hmm. My husband's a worship pastor. You're one of the worship leaders. We have a new album coming out. We do. This Glorious Grace. So mm-hmm. this this Glorious Grace comes out this Friday. Yes. And this is the seventh album put out by Austin, Austin Stone Worship. Is that wild or what? That's crazy. And we're actually recording this in the studio where a lot of these albums. Yeah. So it's cool that we're it's sitting here. here. This has happened in here. Yeah. So this Glorious Grace comes out this Friday. And what's cool about this, and I'm going to let you talk about it more because okay. you're in it, but not only is it a full-length CD. Mm-hmm. Do we say CD anymore? I album. Know. I guess album Who record. Who buys CDs? No it's one, a, I guess. It's a full-length record. Yeah. You can get on iTunes or wherever you buy music starting this Friday. Um, but it also has video. It does. Okay, so back in May, yeah, we set up this whole big thing. There was a whole big thing. A whole big thing, and we recorded... You tell me what y'all did because I was there. <laughs> you were there. I was there. You were a part of it. I was a part of it. Yeah. But tell me, tell me a little bit. Why did y'all do this video stuff? Yeah. Okay. So people ask that question a lot. Um, so in in the past, we have put out these albums, and we've um, just seen the Lord use them in just really sweet ways, just of people, different churches loving the truth that's coming from these songs and really hearing a song and saying, oh man, that's a song that my people Mm -hmm. need to be singing and leading those songs at their churches. And then hearing about people in other countries leading our songs for their churches or translating them into their languages. Which is amazing. Insane. We listened to a version of Jesus is Better in Portuguese. Shut up. Blew my mind. (gasps) I I hear that. I don't even know exactly what they're saying, but I know the song so I can guess what they're saying. But I'm just crying. It's just so beautiful. So... That's just been incredible just to see what the Lord is doing, that we would just make some records in Austin, Texas, and he would literally take them to the ends of the earth. is just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Aaron and his band got to go to Australia, was it two years ago now, I guess? Gosh. A couple years ago? 
I think that was last year. Was it? Because Spain was this year. Yeah. Okay, so that was last year. year. Uh So they went and they met with a bunch of different worship leaders and people doing really great things for the Lord in Australia. And I, from what I hear, because I wasn't there, Mm -hmm. the feedback was, hey, we love what you're doing. We want more of it. We want to see more of it. We want to put faces to who's writing the songs and to who's leading the songs. And we just want to see what your worship culture looks like. And so the response to that was, okay, well, when we make this live album, let's record it live, but also film it live. So people are going to be able to worship with us driving in their car, but also worship with us on YouTube and through yeah. these videos and just see what it looks like when our people get together and worship and go crazy and get after it. And it's awesome. I've seen some of the videos and they are phenomenal. Amazing. So this whole project I read is like 70 different worship leaders, <laughs> not 70 different worship right, leaders, right, but right. let's include everybody. There's yeah. like 70 different people who are on this songwriters, mm-hmm. worship leader, musicians, storytellers, yes. Filmmakers, editors, artists, photographers, all of these people came together yeah. to create this glorious grace, not only the audio, but also the video. Yeah. Do you, is it Bethel that I watch their videos? Mm-hmm. Okay. On so, the mountain? yes. Oh my gosh. So, Bethel, yes. um, great worship stuff comes out of there, and mm-hmm. they have some videos, and we watch them on our little Apple TV yeah. all the time. We play music in our house all the time, mm-hmm. and those videos comes up, and they're beautiful. So, I cannot wait for people to see these I'm as so well. I'm so excited. Yeah. 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 So, um, you lead out. On a couple of songs. Yes. On the album. Which ones? You Never Change and This Glorious Grace. You Never Change and This Glorious Grace. Yeah. Which This Glorious Grace is the title track. It's the title track. Isn't Yay, that Jaleesa. so crazy? Aaron texted me like two or three weeks before we recorded the album. was like, hey, prepare yourself. You're singing the title track. Like, just get, just know that that's the name of the album. Uh-huh. I think he knows now to tell me these things way in advance. So you can prepare? I have to prepare. Does that make you nervous? It makes me super nervous. I because think, why? I think part of it is just not knowing and then showing up and someone being like, hey, you're singing the title track. And I'm like, "Mm -mm." like, I don't know that. Okay. Uh I never want to say yes to something if I'm not sure. Uh So I I like to know in advance, but I also like to mentally prepare for, okay, this is what I'm doing. Right. I don't know why. Yeah. I have no idea why, but I, I need to know those things. Okay, so, so you're the title cool. track, and then you also lead out on You Never Change, Never Change. which you know this about me. That's yes. my favorite song on the album. It's your favorite. I'm going to give, if you're listening, you can go to jamieivy.com slash thisgloriousgrace, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have a place we can get um, that song for free, maybe a couple more. Maybe, maybe um, But for sure, you're going to be able to get um, You Never Change yeah. for free. Mm-hmm. And this is my favorite song. You get after it every time we lead it. Literally, I love this song. It's my favorite to see you worship to that song, because you're on the front row. On the front row. I love it. Love it. When you were talking about how you wanted to sing, like, um, you wanted to be like Whitney Houston and Mariah <laughs> yeah. Carey, I am 100%, 110% convinced that God did not give me a voice because I would have used it for evil. Like, <laughs> I want to be on stage with the lights and everybody <laughs> yes. looking at me, and I'm tone deaf. And so, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But anyhow, You Never Change is my favorite song because mm-hmm. I feel like... In life, it's been like this theme of me. Like, my life changes so much. Mm-hmm. Um, circumstances come in. Yeah. Um, parenting hard kids. Mm-hmm. Marriage trouble. Ministry struggle. Yeah. All of these things come up, but he never changes. Yeah. Like, life changes. Yeah. He never changes. Yeah. It's amazing. What does that song mean to you? It's so special. I think, Yeah. Exactly what you're saying. Thing after thing after thing happens, and you feel like you're like I just always feel like it's like just a roller coaster life. Like things are always happening that are unexpected, and you're always a little bit shaken because something happened, and you have no control over it, or you know whatever your thing might be. 
Um, but then you sit and you open the word and you read about the character of God and you read um, about the promises that he makes to us and he promises to keep those promises. And it's interesting because you can read those things and you can say, well, God says he's faithful, but, you know, my friend also says he's faithful and he always drops the ball. Right. You know, it's just easy to to kind of take what we know about God and put human characteristics, put human characteristics with it. And he's just unlike anybody that we know. Mm-hmm. And so to read those things and to say he literally is always these things, he literally never changes, should just blow our minds. And I heard someone say one time, they said, it's he can't not be those things right like his character is faithfulness yes so he cannot be unfaithful yeah i can't have the character of un, of faithfulness yeah. because i'm changing mm-hmm. i can be faithful today yeah tomorrow i might be unfaithful yeah god's character does not allow him to be unfaithful it's not even possible it's for him impossible. to do it yeah don't you i just wish we were like that yeah that's incredible I know. yeah you can't even not be the best thing ever right <laughs> that's amazing yeah it's crazy yeah Hey guys, before we get back to this interview, I wanted to let you know about a way that you can support the Happy Hour podcast. Audible is an audio book service that lets you read books with your ears. If you're like me, sitting down to read a book is sometimes hard, but with Audible, you can listen to books during your drive time, while kids are at practice, or at the gym. Right now, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. In just a few minutes, when Jaleesa mentions her three favorite things, one of them is a book. I'm not going to give it away now what it is, but it's one that I highly recommend that you listen to on Audible, and it's the author reading it, so that doesn't get any better than that. To download your free audiobook today, go to jamieivy.com backslash audible. It's a way to help me out, and it's a way for you to listen to all those awesome bestsellers that you haven't had a chance to listen to. If you like it, you can keep the membership, but if not, you can cancel at any time. Again, that's jamieivy.com slash audible. Sign up today and get a free audiobook, because what's better than free? Now back to Jaleesa. So, Jaleesa, I have heard this story secondhand. I've never heard it from you. Oh, okay. Tell me about you losing your voice. Yeah. Okay. What, what did that, what happened? It was all crazy. Just completely crazy. So, I was in college. I went to Texas State University. Um, so, I was Go going Bobcats. to school. Go Bobcats. Is that what y'all are? We are the Bobcats. Thank you, Jamie. I really like knowing mascots. That's so important to me that you would know. Really? Go Cats Go. That's Go right. Cats Go. people never know. And I'm like, that, come on, guys. Go Bobcats. Um, go Bobcats. So, yeah. So, I was going to school there and I was going to school to study journalism. Uh, I, growing up, Thought I wanted to be a teacher. Thought I wanted to do all of these different things. Just really wanted to impact people. Uh-huh. Uh, and so went to school to study journalism because my parents were like, you have to pick something that isn't music because that's all Why? I wanted to go to school oh, for. Oh, okay. I really wanted to go to school for music. And they were like, you will not make any money. And that is really concerning to us. Uh-huh. You won't be able to have a life. And so we're going to need you to choose something else. So you can have a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, and made a list of all the things that I loved. And I said, okay, parents, I don't enjoy anything lucrative. So I don't, I don't know what to tell I'm just you. I'm going to be an artist. Yeah, I'm like, starving I don't artist. like yeah. anything uh-huh. um, that would make me a lot of money. And so, uh, they were like, oh, okay, well, you're right. Think about that. And so um, looked into the journalism program, thought it looked awesome, really wanted to be a part of that. And so I went to school with the goal in mind of I'm going to graduate and I'm going to be an award-winning journalist. And I'm going to work for CNN and I'm going to co-anchor with Anderson Cooper and I'm going to do job. lower correspondence and it's going to be awesome. That's really okay. what I wanted to do. Okay. Kevlar vest, all that. Because you are um, you come from a military family. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Air, Force, Air Force kid. 
So I started to go to school for that and I got into the classes and I just didn't enjoy them. I was, um, as I was learning more about journalism and just kind of how political it is and just sort of, there are just all these restrictions to telling the truth. And that just really bothered me. I just want to tell the truth. I don't want Uh anybody to tell me what version of the truth I can tell. I just want to tell the truth. Uh Uh, And so I would sit in these classes and just wasn't, nothing in me was stirred. I didn't feel very passionate Uh about it. Uh, so I told my parents, I just don't think that I want to do this anymore. And they're like, okay, well, you know, try to stick it out and, you know, then just let us know after a semester. So I started failing classes. This is first semester of college. A first semester of college. Oh yeah. I I failed the majority of my classes the first semester of college and I was miserable because it was my first semester Uh not living at home. Yeah. So I just cried every day Mm -hmm. and had no friends. I'm just (laughs) So I called my parents every day. They're my only friends. And so I, um, they're like, okay, just try to stick it out. And so I did for a couple of years and hoped that as I got into the more advanced level classes, I would like it, didn't like it. Uh, and so it just got to the point where I just was super depressed. I joined a sorority that was supposed to be faith-based. And then when I got to it, there were a lot of girls in it that weren't actually following Jesus. And honestly, I wasn't either. Uh-huh. I would have been like, hand raised. Absolutely. I love Jesus. But if you asked me who he was, I probably would not have yeah. been able to tell you anything mm-hmm. about him. That was true. And so, um, and it kind of got to the point where I was spending less time in class and more time reading the Bible with these girls in my sorority, uh, which is so interesting. I just felt like that's all we needed for some reason, mm-hmm. the spirit. Yeah. Uh, and so just started doing that. And so I went home for Christmas <laughs> one year. And so, and I'd failed like three out of five classes. Mom and dad are not going to be happy about no. this. And so I'm like, I'm going to break it to him easy. I'll tell him after Christmas day. Like, I don't want to wreck their Christmas holiday. And so we're sitting in the living room and, you know, we're just hanging out. And, and you're the oldest. So this I'm is like oldest. first kid in college. Yeah, yeah, I'm the oldest. And we're sitting there and my parents start having this little conversation. I mean, completely for my benefit. So um, how do you how do you think Julissa did in, in school this semester? I don't really know. And so they're kind of like talking back and forth. And I'm like, oh, no, they know. So my dad says, hey, how many credits do you have left to graduate? So I tell him, you know, factored in, classes uh-huh. I failed, this is the number. Uh-huh. And he's like, great. That's about what I thought. So if that's right, how many classes do we think you failed this semester? Three? Two? Three? Did they know? Like, oh, gosh, they completely knew. Of course. They totally knew. They know everything. Because parents know everything. That's what I tell my kids. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my mom would always be like, do whatever you want, but I have eyes everywhere. Yes. Like, oh, gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> they knew. And so my mom was like, hey, we think what you're doing is great. Reading the Bible with the girls is great, but but you need to stop. Like, right. you need to go back to class <laughs> and knock it off. And so I was like, okay, I hear you. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I told them, I just don't. I don't think I like this anymore. I don't really want to do journalism. And so they were like, okay, we've been seeing that for a while. We've talked about it. You've sort of been kind of depressed, not really going to class, Mm -hmm. not really doing much of anything uh, other than hanging out with these girls and reading the Bible with them, which is great. Uh, But let's find something that you would like then because we can tell you're pretty miserable. So if it's music, do music. So I'm like, yes. Okay, awesome. So I go meet with an advisor, switch my major to voice. So I'm pumped about it. And so you have to do like some theory classes Mm -hmm. and then you do some auditions and then they let you into the vocal program. The summer before that, I had gone with a friend to Dallas to audition for American Idol. Just for I didn't know that. Yeah. Just because I had my parents for years, I would always hang it over their heads that they never let me try out for uh-huh. Barney as a kid. <laughs> and so one summer, my mom was like, if we take you to American Idol, will you let go of this will Barney you thing? Let it go. <laughs> let it go. And so me and a girl and my family went to Dallas, auditioned for American Idol, and I made it through the first couple of rounds. Uh-huh. So that was so fun. It was awesome. But I was singing a lot more than I had been in a long time. Uh-huh. And started, my voice kind of started to give out on me and I was having a lot of throat issues and would go see doctors and they would say it's just allergies and kind of whatever. So I did that for about a year and a half 
of going back and forth to doctors and then saying, oh, go gargle salt water and it'll be fine. Right. Nothing was Drink really helping. Drink some tea. Yeah. 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 So nothing was really helping, and at this point, I'm taking all these music theory classes, and I'm just trying to make sure that no one knows I can't sing anymore. Like, it's mm-hmm. gotten to the point where people are like, Jaleesa sings, and I'm like, nope, no, mm-hmm. I don't. Like, I don't want anybody to know because I can't physically do it at that point. Um, and so that was really rough, and uh, so I, yeah, I ended up going to a doctor one day, and he kind of gave me the same spiel about allergies, and I was like, hey, we've been doing this for over a year now, and I really think my body's trying to tell me something, and it's much bigger than allergies, so I really want to see a specialist. I need to be referred. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay. So he sent me to an ear, nose, and throat guy who said, maybe it's nodules. I don't know, but we'll send you to a laryngologist and see what he says. Mm-hmm. So I go in and meet with this laryngologist, and it's me and my dad. <laughs> we're going. Um, we're at the appointment, and um, he's like, yeah, actually, you have a large cyst and it needs to be removed immediately. My next opening for surgery is next week. So I was like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to make it. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. I'm busy. Yeah, I was like, I'm very busy. My dad's like, no, she's not. We'll be there. I'm like, I really can't. I Cause you job. didn't want surgery or I had never been under any kind of anesthesia. I'd never like broken a bone. Uh-huh. The thought of it just the kind of freaked you of it out. Freaked me out. And I'm such a responsibility person. Like at the time I was teaching preschool full time. I was a lead teacher. I was like, you can't just up and leave a bunch of kids. Yeah. I can't do that. Uh-huh. I have speeches to give at school. I can't do yeah. that. I can't, I don't know what surgery will do, so I mm-hmm. can't do it. So I'm like, no, I, I'm not available for that. Sorry. <laughs> you know, my dad's like, we'll be here next week. Sounds right. great. She'll yeah. quit her job. Awesome. <laughs> so literally I go in the next day, tell my job, I have to have the surgery, quit my job. And then, was this a cyst that could have ever been, were they like, this could be malignant? Or was just this a cyst we need to get off your vocal It was cords? just a cyst they need to get okay, off Okay, so there was cords. no fear of that. No. Okay. Not that they ever mentioned to me. Okay. Uh, so they just knew they needed. So he, my uh, surgeon was like, whether you're singing or speaking, it's going to be very difficult for your life. So it's like either you follow through with journalism, which is a life of talking. Uh-huh. You follow through with music, it's a life of singing. Either way, this is going you to hinder. You can't do this. Right. Yeah, you can't do either yeah. one. And so I'm like, crap, okay. Uh And so go in for the surgery the Monday before Thanksgiving. And that just set me on two years of all of the speech therapy and voice recovery and all these different things. And I was healing really well, but they were just saying, hey, just don't bank on being able to sing. We don't know what your voice is going to sound like A, after this surgery. We don't even know how you'll talk. I guess it's kind of some people have had the surgery and haven't really been able to speak after. Okay. So I was a little bit nervous. Like, I'm going to come out of this thing and just not be able to talk. Right. Like, I'm thinking worst case scenario. Uh-huh. And um, then also hearing, hey, you probably won't be able to sing again. It would be cool if you could, but don't just kind of prepare yourself now that maybe you won't be able to do So that. the whole Jaleesa on stage. Oh, yeah. Throw it out the window. Totally throw yeah. it out the the window what you changed your major to sorry get, get rid luck. of it yeah, yeah there's yeah. no career in opera uh-huh. for sure for you right so I was like oh my gosh this is terrible <laughs> you know yeah. uh, and so I had gone in for after my surgery they do um it's two to three weeks of not speaking at all so I did two weeks of not talking not singing I don't know what my voice sounds like anymore Two weeks. Two weeks. And so then you go in and you meet with a speech Did you know Aaron had to do that once? No. A month of no talking. It's kind he of He had best. nodules. It wasn't. I was a mom with two kids. Oh, yeah, and not a da- the best. And a husband that wouldn't talk to me. No, no. I mean, he could. Sure, but he, he had a whiteboard. Oh, yeah, he would, that's like, what write I did. on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I would pass notes back and yeah. forth with people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, not the best for your family. Yeah. That so, makes sense. Anyhow, we made it a month. Okay, yeah. carry on. I did not know he did that. Yes. Um. Yeah, so I made it two weeks. And went in with my speech pathologist, and she was like, okay, now say something to me. Say hi. And I was like, like, could not say a word. And I'm terrified. I'm like, I can't talk. Yeah. And she's like, hey, that's normal. You haven't been using the muscle for two weeks. Totally normal. Try again. Uh, and so started doing speech therapy with her. 
meeting with a voice teacher at UTSA who specializes in singers with vocal injuries. He's kind of the most incredible person ever. So started meeting with him and that was two years and it was difficult because it was like I would go in and I would spend 35 minutes of a voice lesson only singing ooh the whole time. Mm. And I was frustrated. I'm like, yeah. I can do more than this. Yeah. I've been studying voice for a long time. Right. Like, I can do more than this. And he's like, today you can't. Actually, you can't. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So in, in that season... I couldn't bank on continuing in a voice program, so I switched my major back to journalism for the sake of graduating. Started trying to look for other jobs that I could potentially do. Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want to do journalism anymore. I wasn't the kind of glamour yeah. I had worn off of uh -huh. that. I didn't really want to do it. So I started looking into marketing and communications. And that was around the time that I started going to Austin Stone. So this is like 2010? Yeah. 2009. Started going to Austin Stone. Had been going there for like nine months mind blown, just had never experienced worship like that, had never seen people worship that way, had never heard the word taught mm -hmm. that way. And so it was super challenging and painful in a lot of ways yeah. because I'm recognizing things in myself that I didn't know um, were there and learning things about Jesus that I didn't know were true and had to keep coming back. It was, mm -hmm. you know, just had to keep coming back and sitting under truth and hearing those things. So roommates and I would drive from San Marcos and we would do that every week. Uh, so was doing that and about nine months into attending the stone, heard they had a residency program and thought, I mean, I don't want to be in ministry. That's like the last thing I want to do. Right. Don't do it. Uh-huh. But I should look into this residency program for some reason. I mean, uh -huh. Jesus. Yeah. You know? Hello. So I'm like, okay, I'll look into it. Start looking at communications internships and then ended up coming on doing social media and marketing for the internship program itself. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then I worked for the internship program for three years doing that. And so in, in that first year, year and a half. Music, not even on my radar. I'm still in recovery from all of this voice stuff, not even thinking that I'll sing again. I mean, I've just completely like, that's done, yeah. you know? Um, really recognizing that when I was in school reading the Bible with all these girls, what I loved was seeing the lights come on and uh -huh. loved seeing their hearts and their affections change toward Jesus and seeing them live differently. And so I just became really obsessed with the development of people because uh -huh. I loved seeing people change for Jesus. And um, so I was content to focus on that and then went to a voice lesson and halfway through the lesson, it was my last, it was supposed to be my last lesson um, so it's coming up on the end of two years of doing this, drive to San Antonio, have this voice lesson. Halfway through the lesson, my voice teacher stops and he looks at me and he's like cheered up and he's like, I have to hug you and like praise the Lord because it is crazy. You sound like nothing ever happened. Like you just sound like you <laughs> never had a surgery. Yeah. And he's like, and that's just insane. And my surgeon was like, this is crazy because the way you're healing is ridiculous. And I know that something was cut off of your vocal cords because I did it myself. Yeah, right. But it's healing in a way where they look fine. And he's like, it's just crazy that your vocal cords would look fine. So, I mean, other things that are just crazy is like my voice teacher was a believer. My surgeon was a believer. Just crazy. Just yeah. lining all these uh -huh. things up. Like when I was, you know, in pre-op, the surgeon came out to my parents and said, I've been praying for her all day. And they were like, whoa, wow. Okay. Awesome. We didn't yeah. know you love Jesus. Uh -huh. And so just the Lord lining up all of those things in just a really crazy, special way. Um, and then getting to this voice lesson where my voice teacher, like, okay, we have to praise the Lord right now because this is crazy that you sound like this. Uh -huh. And then right after that, a friend of mine that was leading worship in our student ministry, he was in the residency program with Austin Stone Worship said, hey, need someone to come sing with us and students for a couple of weeks. Who was this? Caleb Price. Okay. Did you, mm -hmm. you knew Caleb? Uh-huh. So he was like, come and sing with us for a couple of weeks and 
and you know we just need someone for yeah. that amount of time. And he knew that you sang before, and you had been through all of this. He didn't really know all of that. A friend of mine had told him, "Oh, okay. Julissa sings." Okay, which is super dangerous. Uh-huh. He doesn't know if yeah. I'm a good singer. Or Could not. be like Jamie sings. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, this is risky. And so I go into a rehearsal with him and his band, terrified. We're singing Hosanna in this key that's like way too high for life, and I'm like struggling through it. I was just terrified. For some uh-huh. reason, they liked me. When you keep coming back. And so two weeks of leading with them turned into two years of leading with them in our student ministry and traveling with them, leading worship for other camps and doing a ton of different things. I did not know that. Opening door after door after door. Yeah. And so then how did you, I mean, I'm missing, how did you end up on stage leading worship every Sunday? Yeah. So, um, so a guy that, at least from this side of the story that I understand it, a guy that was in that band with me in the student ministry was doing an internship with Kyle Lent, Mm -hmm. who is our director of albums here at Austin Stone Worship. And they were working on the King of Love record. And so my friend said, hey, Kyle, you should think about having my friend Jaleesa do background vocals on this King of Love record. So I guess Kyle kind of thought about it and was like, okay. And then there was a girl named Emily Ward who had been leading with Aaron, and she and I were good friends. Uh And Aaron and Kyle were like, hey, if we were to have other girls on the record, who would it be? And so she had picked a handful of girls, and I was one of them. So they sent us a list of tracks and said, these ones are these people, but you guys can kind of choose whichever other songs you want. Uh-huh. And at the time I had been leading like once a month at West Campus with Justin Cofield. Uh-huh. And so I was like, well, I'll definitely be on his track. I'm really used to singing with him. And there was a song called Knowing You, and I love that song. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I want to be on that one for sure. So yeah, so sort of crazy. Ended up coming in to do that, terrified, completely nervous. I literally went into, like, that little room over there and sang and came out, and Kyle was like, that was great. And I was like, really? Really? That was it? (laughs) Yeah, because I'm coming from classical background where as soon as you're done singing, they're like, and here's a list of all things you did wrong. (laughs) So I was like, really? You don't want me to change anything? He's like, that's great. I'm like, okay. Okay. You're the most encouraging person Uh ever. Um, And so did that. And so so it ended up with um, knowing you. Aaron had used these lyrics, and then the guy that had written the song, I guess, had changed his mind or something and asked oh, us yes, to rewrite the lyrics. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so Aaron had rewritten these lyrics in like a weekend or something crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And so I was coming back from like a beach trip with some girlfriends, and Kyle calls me. He's like, Hey, Aaron had to rewrite that song. Can you come back in here and, you know, re record? Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, yeah, I'll be in town a couple hours. And so get back here, and I'm recording, and Aaron comes in. And I don't think we had actually ever really met. Uh-huh. And so he's standing in here, and all I can think is, like, I want him to leave so bad. <laughs> like, this is house, this is the studio. But I just, I know Kyle now. Right. Like, I don't really want to do this with Aaron and I. Mean, right. So. He's like, yeah, I really like everything you're doing. And I'm like, uh-huh, okay, <laughs> me. Um, and so did that. And then afterward, they started inviting me to come do um, Austin Center on campus. Mm-hmm. And then there was one Sunday where Emily was out for a half day. And they were like, come lead with us for the last two services at the high school because we do four services yeah. there. Come lead with us, you know, here and there and just kind of all over. And then in 2013, I did worship conference with them. And uh, they were kind of like, hey, if you're ever asked to lead at the high school, you should say yes to that. So I was like, well, no one's going to ask me to do that, but okay. Uh And then uh, Aaron said, hey, would you come and lead with us for the whole season of Advent? So I talked it over with my students band and all that stuff Uh and was like, okay, I'm going to be at the high school for a month in December. It's going to be great. Did that, and the whole time I'm like, Lord, don't let me attach to this. Don't let me enjoy this too much. Don't don't let me really. Did like you it. enjoy it? I loved it. And the high school, when you say that, just so everyone mm-hmm. listening, that's our main campus. Yeah. So the Austin yeah. Stone has a handful of campuses, yeah. and that's our main campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that's the campus that I had attended all throughout college. At this point, I was going to our West Campus, but I'd been, I mean, like, encountering the Spirit for the first time, 7 p.m. service at the high school. So it was kind of crazy to be there leading people in worship. Mm -hmm. And I loved Aaron, loved the guys in his band, had so much fun with them. And I'm like, can't have fun with them. Don't like it too much. (laughs) You're only here for a month. And so did that loved Christmas season leading downtown. I thought it was a blast. Um, And... Then the first week of January, Aaron called and said, hey, we really loved having you and we'd love for you to come back. So I got my calendar out and I was like, sure, when when do you want me to come back? And he's like, well, starting next Sunday. And I was like, but then when? Do you have dates? Or like, do you want to email me? And he was like, all of them. Every Sunday. Come back every week. And I was like, all the weeks? You want to come back every Sunday? And so that was super exciting, but also in a way sort of painful to leave this mm-hmm. West Campus family. And I remember calling Caleb and being like, I don't know if I should do this. And he was like, okay, hey, you should calm down. And this is great. And like, let's pray about it. And we don't want you to leave our band. We've loved having you be a part of it, but we think this is really good for our church. Yeah. And so we think that you should say yes. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll pray about it. But it seems new and different, and I don't know if I can do that or if I'm even qualified to uh-huh. be there or if I yeah. should do that and yeah. be there. And so, um, yeah, I just prayed about it and felt like the Lord gave it the green light. And so I started doing that, and now I've been there for two years. It's crazy. Now, has your is your voice different than before you had the surgery? Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Singing and talking? Singing and talking because okay. it's much raspier. Uh-huh. And so people are always like, oh, Which your voice is, is so raspy and cool. That's what people tell me. I'm just saying. I'm not going to say no to that. <laughs> That's what people will say. So, but before that, it wasn't, it wasn't quite like mm-hmm. that. People had told me before, like, oh, you should do radio. We really uh-huh. like your voice kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so I feel like maybe it's the same kind of smooth quality yeah. perhaps, uh-huh. but it's way more raspy yeah. than it ever was. Yeah. Um, what do you feel? You also lead out with like women worship leaders. Yeah. Um, how have you, how does God like, how is that such an, a great passion and role for you to be able to invest in women that are yeah. in worship? What does that look like for you? It is the best thing I could be doing. It's yeah. so fun. Uh, I don't even know, just kind of all of this happening, leading at the high school, being a part of Austin Stone Worship and a bigger, like taking a bigger role with them. It, it kind of started, I already had the passion to see women lead and knowing all these women with these really incredible giftings and seeing them wanting to use those things to to further the name mm-hmm. of Jesus has always just been something really exciting to me. I just think that's really cool. I think young girls need to see that. And I think women need to be encouraged by other women who are stepping up and doing yeah. those things. And so love that. And so in that same conversation when Aaron had asked me to come lead at the high school all the time, he said, hey, while you're at it, why don't you start praying about vision for women in worship at Austin Stone? And he's like, just don't, don't worry about anything like no barriers, just start dreaming. And so that was exciting to kind of be turned loose on what it could be. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, we were in the beginning stages of gathering other women to start leading in all of our campuses. Mm-hmm. And so now, I mean, at that point in time, it was one girl leading. Now we have 10. That's crazy. There's 10 girls. There's 10 girls. Five of us were on the album. Oh, Five. That's awesome. That's so cool. And so, um, yeah, I have just loved seeing women who are kind of in a place where I know I'm gifted this way and 
I want to use that for the good of the church and I want to use that for the name of Jesus, but I don't feel like there's a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. and I feel like I need opportunity. And then I don't know that there's a lot of encouragement in the way of someone who's also doing it can come alongside me. I think it sort of seems like a lonely thing. And so Emily, who was leading with Aaron before, did it by herself for like eight years. Yeah. She's only one. Uh And I can't imagine it doing it by myself. Uh Uh, And so the Lord's just been really sweet to just kind of create this community of women who are musicians, singers, songwriters, uh, worship leaders, mm-hmm. and somehow saw fit to allow me to come alongside those women to encourage those giftings yeah. in them and push them yeah. toward kind of like taking off more of the chains. Yeah. And I always say kick fear in the face. Yeah. Like just kick in the face yeah. and step forward into what the Lord has called you into. Be confident in his spirit mm-hmm. in that. And then just see where he takes yeah. you and just see what he does. I think that's great because I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of women that are listening to this that are thinking, well, I wish I had someone in my church like that, like inspiring me and leading mm. me. And I wish that there were opportunities at my church to do stuff like that. What is your encouragement for a woman who's like, I feel this in me as well? Yeah. Are, how can I serve the body yeah. with these giftings? What would you say to her who's yeah. listening? I think so. It's hard. Patience is a big thing. Um, waiting on the Lord, really praying about it. I think sometimes we hear from women who just love to sing. And so they're like, I'm here and I love to sing. And that's great. But I want to meet more women who love to sing and want to lead, Mm. you know, and really want to see people's hearts changed Uh and really want to learn how to shepherd people. And so I think if you're praying toward that, Lord, I want to do more than just singing. I want to encourage your people, uh-huh. really shepherd yeah. your people, just making that desire known to him. Uh-huh. He'll open doors if that's where he wants you. Yeah. You just be faithful uh-huh. to pray the prayer. Yeah. And I think also we have a little bit of a responsibility to kind of raise our hands and say, hey, we're here. If ever, like just know that I'm available. If ever you're looking for a woman to lead worship for a women's gathering or a women's Bible study or something like that, I'm available and would love to serve in that way. Just kind of putting yourself out there a little uh-huh. bit, which is hard. It is hard. I don't like to put myself out there yeah. So I know that that's super tough, but I think there's something to patience and waiting on the Lord and then also letting people know you're available and then just seeing what doors the Lord opens. Yeah. I think it's also good to know that you didn't start out singing the title track on the newest Austin Stone worship record. You started out leading a student. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And so I think there's something to say about that too. Like I speak to people who want to speak. Yeah. You know, well, not everybody gets to just start out like mm-hmm. Jen Hatmaker. Totally. But you start out by like, hey, can I teach in students? Yeah. Can I teach in the kids? Yes. Can I lead worship for the students? Can yeah. I lead worship for kids? Yeah. None of those things are less than. No way. Those are all needed. And so I think it's good to know that you did not start out title track of Austin Stone's for Worship's sure. newest record. For sure. You start out doing students. Definitely. Traveling, doing camps. Yeah. Love that. I, I love it. I am a big fan of this album. So I mean, cool. I am married to Aaron Ivy. <laughs> so you have a, to be. I'm a big fan of all things Austin Snow Worship. And because the reason I'm a big fan of all the things that y'all do is because Austin Snow Worship doesn't put out music just to put out music. Yeah. And so Austin Snow Worship doesn't put out music just to make money. Mm-hmm. But Austin Stone Worship puts out music to equip the church. Yes. And so I'm a huge fan of that yeah. because they're putting out, if you go to austinstoneworship.com, I mean, there are free teaching videos there are there's information on the theology behind each song. Yeah. Like I love that when people write these songs that there's like thought behind them. Absolutely. I mean, and I know that sounds like a hey, there should be thought behind every sure. song, but I guarantee you there's not. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so these words are like rich in music and theology together. Yeah. And so as a person who loves God's word, that is like 
really important. Yeah. That they all are like that. Absolutely. Um, so you can go to, I'm going to give away, um, the album comes out this Friday. So it comes out this Friday where you can get it all. iTunes, wherever you want. If you're listening to this and you go to jamieivy.com slash thisgloriousgrace, you're going to get a free download of You Never Change. And I'm also going to have some links up for you to find more information about Austin's Night Worship. Yay. More about Jaleesa, maybe. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Whatever you want to know. Um, but I just want everyone to get this this album because yes. it's it's a great album to worship to. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Okay, Julissa, I finish every interview yes by asking people a few questions first i want to know what are you reading right now so i am in in the middle of two books okay i have a habit of i'm like the person with the nightstand full of books that are half read and so those people make me nervous it makes me nervous (laughs) i'm like we need to pick one i know although i'm in the middle of two books right now too so i'm in the middle of two books which is the least amount of books i've been in the middle of at one time okay. in a long time. Uh-huh. So that's really good because I kind of walked in and it panicked me to look at the stack of books on my night table. And I was like, okay, girl, pick. We need to pick one. book. So I'm just about finished with Bossy Pants, the Tina Fey book. Yes. So I've got through a lot of it on our worship leader retreat, which is awesome. And um, so I'm about finished with that. And then I'm almost finished with Restless. Two completely different books. Oh, two completely Jenny different Allen books. Book yes. Restless. Yes. Yeah. But I've loved that. I just love what Jenny's doing. And I... I feel like it's a, she asks the question that I ask people so often, or just that discussions are centered around so often, which is how can I make my life count for Christ? Uh And I just love talking to people about that and just hearing what they're passionate about and what their hopes and dreams are that the Lord has given to them and and what it can look like to pursue those things in a godly way. So I've loved reading that book. It's been kind of like a breath of fresh air to get to read it. It's a good book. It's such a good book. I'm a fan of Jenny. Oh yeah. And the Tina Fey is just hilarious. And a fan of Tina Fey. Oh, man. So great. Good but Okay. So that's what you're reading. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. I'm in the middle of reading Everything is Sweet by Sarah Haggerty. Oh. It's a new book I just got recently, and so I'm really liking it. Um, Okay. What are three things that Jaleesa loves right now that you want to call your girlfriend and be like, I love this? Okay. Well, I did send a lot of text messages about this TV show. I love this. But you probably have seen it. Parenthood? Oh, yes. Everybody has seen it. I'm well, so bad. Well, everybody times. has, but... I love it. Are, are you starting from the beginning? I'm starting from the beginning. I've never seen it. How far are you in? I'm only in the first season. I'm like six episodes into the first season. I'm obsessed with it. Do you cry? Oh, totally. I've seen Aaron cry like three times for real in life, mm-hmm. except I've seen him cry like 800 times watching Parenthood. It's amazing. Yes. I look over and there's like a tear in his eye. And I'm like, <laughs> are you crying? Is there emotion in you? Um, we cried almost every, I mean. Oh, every episode. Just wait. 
All I have to say is just wait. That's what my roommate keeps telling me. It's her Hold favorite on. TV show ever. It's one of the best. It's uh, the so Bravermans. The Bravermans. And I see they have four kids. I'm like, I would tell Anna all the time, I'm like, this is what I want our family to be. Yes. They're jacked up. Yeah. But they love each they other. They love each other. And, and they the fight safe for each place other. is like home. Oh, I love that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So like, even if they disagree with their mom or dad mm-hmm. or their, their brother or sister, like they, they come together. Yeah. I love it so, so much. I've enjoyed that show. Love the Bravermans. So okay. Much. I'm a fan as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, the second thing is this podcast called Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Have you ever heard this podcast? No. Okay, it's incredible. <laughs> Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote As Kids. Yeah. So I started listening to it over the summer and I've like binge listened. Uh-huh. Amazing. One of our worship leaders, she and I drove to Oklahoma, or one of our worship leaders' wives and I drove to Oklahoma for a camp that I was doing with her husband, and I made her listen to it like the whole way there, and we were cracking up. It's literally these live tapings of people showing up, and they're bringing their childhood diaries or oh school projects yeah. or letters they wrote to their parents or to Santa uh-huh, or whatever. Whatever. And they get up and they read it in front of people, and they're incredible. Some of them are just hilarious. Uh-huh. Some of them are kind of sad. It's like these like dark things people yeah. went through when they were like 15. I mean, imagine if you had to read what you wrote when you were 13. Oh my gosh, yeah. My parents and I have cracked up over the things yeah, I've done as a kid. Uh-huh. So it's so, I mean, it's, you have to listen to it. Okay, it's I'm going to so, listen so and I'll put a link in the show notes for it as well. Yeah, you definitely need to listen to it. The third thing, uh, red lipstick. Is, can that be a third thing? Yes. I'm kind of obsessed with it. I have so many different shades. I just like to buy as many, anything I think is pretty, uh-huh. I'll buy it. But if I don't like it, it's fine. I'll just throw it away. But I. Red lipstick. Red lipstick. So red lipstick to me is not an everyday wear, although some people can rock it every totally. day. Is it an everyday wear for you? I think yes, because I think I think of it as like its own accessory. Okay. So it's like if I don't wear any makeup, but I need a little something, Ooh. red lipstick. Red lipstick? Just with your jeans and t-shirt. Yeah. No big deal. It looks really good with like your complexion hey, as thanks. well. I mean, you know. People, people like us with kind of darker yeah, skin. Yeah, we've got the yeah. extra something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which have I ever told you that... Um, that Deacon, about a year ago, he thought I was black. <laughs> Have I ever told you this? I think, wait, yes, maybe. So just because people can't see you, yes. you're biracial. That's right. Mom is black, dad's white. That's okay. Right. So that's my son, yeah. Deacon's biracial, birth mom white, birth dad black. Uh-huh. So a couple of years ago, and I am American Indian. And so <laughs> I can get pretty dark. Sure. Right? I mean, yeah. People think that I am a different ethnic background, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, when we go to Mexico, people automatically start speaking Spanish to me. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not Espanol, you know? So, anyhow, I can get darker. That's my explanation for this. But we're talking one time about Martin Luther King, okay? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they start learning about this in school. Right. And Deacon said, if it wasn't for Martin Luther King, um, Amos, Story, me, and you would be working, and Dad and Caden would be our boss. Oh, my God. And I was like... Okay, first of all, like, you know, he's putting, like, white people versus yeah. black people, yeah. what he's learning. And I'm like, and me. And so I'm thinking, he thinks I'm black. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm fine with this, but I'm just like, do I tell him? Right. Or, I mean, is this like he needs this ownership with me? You know yeah. what I mean? And so I didn't tell him. Yeah, he just let it go. I just let it go. <laughs> and then the conversation came up about two years later again. Same thing. And finally, as he's older, I think, again, we had this conversation when he was, like, nine. I was like, hey, buddy, um, I'm not black. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't want it to be – I didn't know what to say because I didn't want it to be, like, I'm not black. Right. You know? I just didn't want him to, like – Think, I don't know. Yeah. I felt like I needed to clarify you it. You do, yeah. Because I don't want him to be 15 and be like, Mom, you lied to me. Yeah. I thought you were black. Right. Why'd you tell me <laughs> that for so t- long? Exactly. I'd be like, I never told you that. Yeah. You just thought that. So anyhow. 
<laughs> Where did we start with me? Oh, our complexion. Yes, yes, yes. We both have like brown skin. That's so funny. But Aaron anyhow, and Caden, like, uh, Aaron wasn't hello? there. Okay, you know. Um, but it's funny. Like our family does have a little variety of yeah, skin tones for sure. Yeah, yeah, which is just great. I love it so much. I love it so much as well. Um, Jaleesa, thanks for joining me on the happy hour. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Super fun. Everything we talked about, every link will be at jamieivy.com. I always put all the books we chat about. You can find them at jamieivy.com slash happy hour books. Love it. And the album information, jamieivy.com slash this glorious grace. Yay. Do you like all the like jamieivy.com slash? I love it. I'm like, how many things can I come up for you? You so many things. I know. So you get a free song you never change, which is my favorite song on the album. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite song on the album? Gracious Redeemer. Gracious Redeemer. Yeah. Oh, I love that who song. Who leads on that song? Marcus Dawes. Okay. And who sings with him? Uh, uh, Christy Mango okay. is singing with him. It's so good. And Marcus wrote that song with Aaron and yeah. I don't know who else. And Jesse. Okay. I think, no. I know Marcus and Aaron. Maybe there's another one. Maybe maybe there is. I'm not sure. Yeah. And that comes from a really great place with Marcus. Just coming from a... I read about this in something yeah but it comes from a great place of him just kind of walking through some hard stuff yeah 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 which is really 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 cool it's such a great song yeah okay this glorious grace new album coming out friday yay and you can get the videos and everything the videos come with it when you buy it i think so we don't know i'm not actually sure you'll find out when you buy it we'll all find out together (laughs) we'll all find out together (laughs) but i think you'll have like a youtube page too we do yeah i'll link to that okay okay guys thanks for joining me i will see you next week Thanks, Jaleesa. Thank you. Guys, I love chatting with Jaleesa, and I know that you loved it as well. She is so beautiful inside and out, and I love her heart for worship and leading. And I also love her because she loves the Bravermans. And anyone that loves the Bravermans, then I love them too. Guys, again, if you want a free download of my favorite song on the new album, which is called You Never Change, which is the song that Jaleesa and I talked about, go to jamieivy.com slash thisgloriousgrace. And there you're going to see some other goodies as well. I'm going to play a bit of the song at the end here for you to get a taste of just how awesome it is. If you want to pre-order this album, which comes out this Friday, October 16th, you can do it on iTunes. And then when it comes out, you wake up that morning and there it is. If you want to see teaching videos on the songs, go to youtube.com slash Worship. I just gave you a ton of links. I just like vomited links for you. I'm sorry about that. Everything we chatted about, if you can't write these down, is going to be up at jamieivy.com. Guys, thanks for listening. I say it every week. I'll say it again. You are the reason I do this show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Next week, my friend Vivian is here, and we talk about her ministry with college kids and her journey through cancer a few years ago. I may or may not have cried when reading a section of her book on the podcast. Anyhow, her story is courageous and full of Jesus. Listen next week for my conversation with Vivian. Guys, have a great week. Have fun with your girlfriends. Go to a real happy hour and tell me about it. Um, I'll see you next week. Bye, guys.
you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.